0: There's obviously a lot of external tools that you can use as part of your training or just as part of supporting your your life um, one of those uh, being like shoes there's a bunch of other ones that I want to talk on but we can maybe start with the concept of shoes and there's a lot of different thought processes around what's optimal um, you've got organizations like PRI who have a shoe list that gets updated every year and they have like different categories of types of people like if you're a very high arch like supinated foot like try these shoes if you're more flat foot try these and there's a bunch of subcategories within there you've got a uh, a crowd that is more about the barefoot like minimal support um thinking that the the strength of the foot itself should manage everything and then you've obviously got like for specific sports you've got different types of footwear that kind of are needed in order to like have a competitive advantage or at least not be at a disadvantage um when you think about shoes just for like daily living um are they like a big factor in your mind are they something where um you should be prioritizing the kind of sensory input that your foot gets
1: my take on shoes my take on barefoot uh, or strengthening the feet i think that the first starter point is establishing how flexible or versatile the feet are and for most of us we don't have a very easy time of maintaining uh weight down through here while lifting the toes and i think that's to say our arches aren't comfortable being in a long position while the ball of our foot and our heel have enough contact into the ground so For most of us, that means we're wearing shoes that are too narrow here to allow for the full splay of our foot. And even if our toes are kind of close, we can widen our feet to a degree, allowing for the arch. Um, I think for most people, they need to temper their feet. They need to find a rounded object like you would find a, a rounded rock in nature. If it's warm, all the better because it'll be more comfortable. But the idea is allowing for us to adjust to a curvature while we're bearing more weight through a greater surface area. So instead of us localizing weight, we want to feel like weight travels through the ankle evenly. And at that, at that we want to feel that the arch spreads, not just toward these uh, inside toes or the inside arch. We want to feel like the entirety of this, inside foot has a relationship with the arch. And as we get better at being able to form around that arch, we'll find that the blood flow that comes to the toes allows for us to manage motion there while the arch is in form. So I think for most of us to make that simple, stand on something rounded, get yourself comfortable with that. There's a number of those like rounded pole things and if you feel like your foot can stretch over it well, awesome. If you feel like you're very nervy in that position, then learning how to relax into that stretch is going to be hugely important because our feet passively form under the tensions we create. And if we don't have an ability to adjust, then the likelihood is we're going to tension around a lack of adjustment. So our pelvis or our pelvic floor might adjust to the nature of our feet. Um once we've tempered it a little bit, I think that finding a shoe that allows for you to feel a stretch to the arch and that widening to the the lace point would be huge. If you have difficulty creating that or manufacturing that outright, getting toe spacers and learning how to squeeze would be really beneficial. Um, Yeah, I mean, the nature of a lot of our approaches is we look at it from an external lens. So If we're using the tool, it's important to use the tool to our benefit, not uh, form around the tool. So if the shoe is the idea of compensation or the hard support is the idea of compensation, we don't want to adjust through it. We want to make the things that are hard for us now slightly easier or more accessible so that we can eventually remove the crutch, remove the assistive effort. Performance. I'm oh, sorry, continue.
0: I, I was going to say that, um, so as you talked about like the arch kind of being able to display and whatnot, um, I think the, the argument that say PRI would have would be that on like unnatural terrain, or I guess rather natural terrain where there's a lot of change and your feet can sense that and adapt to it. Then that makes sense to, to not have a whole lot of barrier or to, um, have a structure in a shoe that you're trying to form around because you're trying to form around on the ground, form to the ground. But when you're just walking on like concrete and everything's flat in throughout your day, if you're walking through the city, if you're just in an office or whatever, that's where having some form of a sensory reference for your foot display into um, could be of benefit. Do you, do you see it that way? And, and maybe that, like you said, that's that might be a stepping stone to eventually being able to, regardless of the surface that you're on or the uh, the shoe that you have, have that same um, characteristic of your foot.
1: Uh, I don't love to give people compensatory patterns that don't give them more access to safety in the relationship. So if they feel like they can stop processing sensation and feel it secure because there's some external reference that for some reason or somehow is going to manage them, then there's going to be a lesser accountability to the actual inputs coming from that area. And at the end of the day, the thing that benefited me the most was learning how to bear weight in one of those tempering positions because albeit not comfortable, over time that positioning becomes considerably more naturally robust because in the effort of say, framing the entire surface area of the arch to something that's curvaceous or like round. It allows for us to form or create tone relative to a structure that we don't have to perceive tensions to facilitate. So we don't have to manage around how is this going to look. We're just adjusting to a degree of ground. Once we have that uh, allowance and we've allowed ourselves to fully open the foot, Maintaining that tension is something you can do with adequate flexion of the foot or rather support through uh, extension and having tension support extended positions, which is to say the more robust we can make our allowance for splaying, the more we're going to start to generate positive pumped tissue support in the area because the inhibitory process or the uh what is it the process that undulates or balances the mechanism when we're not grabbing will start to form the tissue in its own right it's the nature of our of our body's development if we allow for exposing the threat or the stressor that we can balance through then when we walk through even surfaces or standing for long periods of time we won't fatigue at that rate but that's to say, if we're exposed to those surfaces more regularly, we should be doing those curve points or like stretching the foot and uh, experiencing that stress more often so that our tissue retains the tone that we want and doesn't recollapse. collapse um, I think it's more to do, honestly, with your pelvis. I think it's more to do, honestly, with your palate. I think a lot of the ways that we structure our orientation of grip are actually byproducts of tensions that we don't really perceive but like when we're creating a closure around our first grip our bite then it feeds into how we might move around our throat and not be able to leverage the rotation of our neck which would go into us having to grip more through the tensions of our arm and the same factors in as soon as we do that then our ribs are no longer connected to the broadness or the fullness of our hips and so we start to mechanize our our hips separate with the grip of our psoas or the grip into our feet and at the end of the day if we can lose all these grips and these grips be supported by a pressure value that pressure value being a tolerance to uh ingressive forces whether it be you're running around and you feel like there's a bounce or you have a massage and you feel like it's not bruising you, but it feels like it's stretching the tissue. Once there's enough tissue supply to support the environment at the base minimum threshold, there will be a degree of pump and self-supportive behavior. But until that time, think in terms of rehabbing the tissue until it's ready to um, correct itself regardless of level are there any instances you can think of where something like a
0: corrective orthotic or some kind of specialty shoe makes sense?
1: Not really. Yeah. If you have a leg, that's uh, three quarters the length of your other leg and you have one of those shoes that do that. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, I don't even think that that's probably even a good thing. Uh, If people are trying to articulate through the reference, then they're going to start to move around the inarticulate nature of the reference. And there's always going to be compensation if someone's lacking. So if there's like, I have an artificial knee, or if I have a replaced ligament, or I don't have a ligament, there's going to be degrees of compensation. We don't want to look to our more neurally available positions to be able to compensate for us. We want for the area to find the injured area first to find its degree of stability again, which is to structure the musculature in such a way that it will start compensating more. Maybe there will be some maldevelopment because there's a lacking degree of, I don't have this anymore, I don't have this anymore. But at the end of the day, it'll feel more structured and you'll be able to generate more acute sensation down through that nerve line. So if you think about like a root system, most of us jump from uh, this branch of roots that's closest like to us, the most nerdy rich one, then jumps to this branch and then jumps somewhere into this branch. And Because we like to go to the the pinging loud points, we don't necessarily develop the slow quality or the resistive quality of muscles that help us frame those quick loud points. And so even though we want to be fast, we're not pushing off a structure that would allow for us to create that force because fast is forceful. So we're starting to collapse really quick. And then, then we lose a lot of our ability to establish that balancing framework. The end of the day, if we're creating a compensatory relationship with our body, then we're more than likely compensating for a trunk that is whole with limbs that are not. And if we create a buoyant trunk, so for example, if you go in the water, you're going to feel less of that uh limitation of balance because the buoyancy doesn't come from your limbs, it comes from your trunk. If we can actualize that same nature, in um, full gravity environments, ones that don't have reduced atmosphere around us, then our limbs will relate to our trunk, not to the environment that we uh, expose it to. And if our limbs relate to our trunk, then they'll start to adjust to the environment much better. I think that most of us are really short in our limbs so that when we try to adjust to surface, we try to garner more length then we have muscle to support it. So you can see how I can invert invert, 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 or like roll inward, roll outward. And that's coming from my ability to push muscle. But if I'm all the way out here, where does that ability come from? I can't start drawing from tissue that's already at its full length, which is in some cases a lot of our tissue is at full length while a lot of it's. Uh, being or trying to get to full length while a lot of it's being restricted. And when I get to full length, now that effort comes from my ability to generate support into my trunk or my here. If I could relate to my trunk sooner, which we can create those if we're not trying for the external, we create some relationship patterns into the trunk. We can make it so that limb starts to project relatively naturally to the point where it's no longer uh of access. So if the knee is of injury, you can at the very least create more fundamental access into the elbow or the, the knee from the, the limb above as a byproduct of relationship into the trunk, how it relates to the hip, how it relates to the ribs. I think most of us are looking too at the issue as opposed to uh or sorry, at the symptom as opposed to what the issue is. And more exposure to something that lets us let go is allowing for us to expand our frame around the thing because most of us are already in a self-prescribed, pretensive state. Uh, As soon as we reduce that, we're not going to be so injury-prone because there won't be so many signals saying, this is unsafe, this is unsafe, this is unsafe. Uh, I don't even look at it as that issue because I see it being so many different issues. And if we're going to prescribe a relationship of how to make your feet healthy to the public, I can't say that here, this is going to work for everyone um, or this is going to work. This is not going to work for everyone. I can say that abiding the relationship I've seen with most people, they don't even have full access to the area because they're jumping the nerves. They're not getting the frame to really provide itself uh, a constant signaling framework. And that's to say they've never felt what it's been like to be at their biggest because they've always bypass their frame taking weight and try to take weight where their nerves are most available so that's why most people have really flat fingers and they're like kind of stubby at the ends and that's why people have meaty toes that look like they're not very articulate and they're kind of ugly it's just a byproduct of poor blood flow and the contact they receive when they make a force is not really dispersed well it's kind of inerted it's tried to be like stop and then they flex around it stiffens their wrist stiffens their elbow so on and so forth If we learn how to receive force better, it could even start with a massage gun to the foot, massage gun to the hand. And then if that's too much, find stimulus that allows for you to like feel it. And it's like, oh, that feels weird. Oh, it's letting go. I can feel that now. Some people are going to be at the point where they can't even allow stimulus to their foot. I would not start with, let's make you uh, roll on this wheelchair more comfortably. Let's get it so that you can spend more time out of it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm part of like a Achilles tendon rupture group on Facebook. And it's a common topic that comes up and the majority are very like on the train of I want the most supportive thing for my foot. Because without that, I feel like still very weak and uh, uncoordinated in there. So the common one is the Hoka, which is like this fucking bone mm. of a shoe, right? There's, there's no bend, there's no twist. And there's a lot of space there, right? Do you have one?
1: Yeah, when I was running triathlon, I tried a bunch of different shoes. Nice.
0: Is that like, that looks like a kind of lower end model or just in terms of like the amount of support?
1: Like I see some that are much thicker and bulkier. Um, I never got the ones that felt like a uh, sketch or shape ups. I got the one that I can run. <laughs> in. Uh, yeah. there's, a, um, there's a habit that a lot of people have when they take to using a tool or prescribing like a, this is gonna make you feel better. Um, they're not paying attention to uh, how they feel in the moment. They're paying attention to their relative access to when they felt the best. So people aren't necessarily assessing where I'm at in space right now. And it's why when they're 45, sometimes they have a coming to where it's like, oh, I'm really not young anymore or even sooner or maybe later it doesn't doesn't matter at the end of the day people have this weird nature of not self assessing and so by they don't listen to the feedback that literally exists in front of them which is i'm not performing as well as i should or when i try to perform as well as i like to it doesn't feel as good as it used to and with that said some of us need to take a step back Myself being one of those people a couple months ago, or not a couple months ago, a couple years ago when I was uh, most injured. And when we do that, we give ourselves the ability to take account for how we are in the moment, not necessarily need to be a certain way. I think there's a care profile that most of us don't really take for ourselves because we don't see other people do it, which is if you have too much of your stress bucket full, it's important to say, I can't take more on that. I need to handle this. I need to handle this right now. And instead of being like, you're making this too much for me, being like, I'm having trouble handling this. I could either use your support or I need to learn how to do this. And the more that we can understand that at each moment of trespass where we have difficulty doing something or we have difficulty processing what to do next, we're really having difficulty seeing ourselves doing it. And because we're having difficulty predicting what we're going to look like doing it we don't necessarily try and so we either give to things that are more comfortable or we try to make it work in a way that makes more sense to how we can predict it in assessing or refinding where we are in space especially in injury it's important to know i don't have access here these are new points of reference where it doesn't feel connected Healing is not just going to be like, oh, we're going to fix it. Healing is uh, the nature of uh, unconscious inflammation in an area that will essentially heal relative to the motion or the force or the discomfort it's experiencing while being healed. So it's either going to heal stiffly or it's going to heal with the allowance for motion. And if you start to fixate on what's the stiffest way we can do it so it can heal the most uh, securely, that's not how our fundamental body moves. Like, if my hand flexes, all this shit is moving. Doesn't matter what position I'm in. So that's to say, if I'm turning my hips, if I'm turning my head, all that shit is still moving. So why would I want to restrict its ability to still do that what I'm going to do is I'm going to atrophy because there's a limitation to how much tissue my, I can expand. And so it's going to feel like blood flow restriction that doesn't allow for the skin to expand. And that's going to be where the fascia or the sleeve or whatever starts to form around how baroreceptive it can be or perceives it being. it. I can only be this this deep, so I'm only going to grow this much or so I'm only going to move within this much tissue. Uh, healing relative your state of recovery. So if you're not bleeding and you're, uh, uh, what would be a consideration? You're not bleeding. You have uh, healed uh, surgery, whatever. You have the ability to um, feel it without immediate excruciating pain so you can prod it or whatever. There's degrees of sensation relative where you're positioning. Then I would explore more effort to your comfort. So it's essentially like like you could climb 100 stairs yesterday then you fell and now you can't climb one. You're not going to wait till you can climb five. You're going to try every day to climb one. And even if you just climb none, that's okay. But every day you're going to remind yourself, I'm getting back into climbing these stairs. I'm not going to wait till I can climb five again. I'm going to climb one until I can get one done and that's going to speed up recovery relative your allowance for I'm paying attention to my recovery now I can't step on this very much I need to recover this I need to maybe do a little bit of massage here I need to ice this a little bit because it's inflamed to the point where it's super watery and I can't even put weight through it after which you might do some uh flossing and reheat it and reestablish some tensions or whatever but uh learn how to recover relative your need don't learn how to recover relative the convenient, uh prescribed method that a doctor does when they hands off a patient they're not the ones healing their limb you are
0: nice um yeah that, that covers i think most of what i wanted to, to hit on with shoes um another tool that could be used for the feet and often is but could be used for the rest of the body are like acupuncture mat mats or like the nail beds um yeah. I've seen you use those a little bit. Can you kind of just like describe your experience with them and what you like about them? Great question.
1: I'm gonna grab one thing and I'll be back in a second. Yeah. So I have this acupuncture ruler I just got. And uh, I have a pain tolerance. I think most people are not comfortable uh, uh, exploring. And I don't think most people should be outright, but there are degrees of, if we're assessing pain is a message of lacking safety and you know that fundamentally you're not hurting yourself you're just exploring the degree of sensitivity that you can explore then it's not necessarily uh it's going to train you to understand that pain is only so much a message it's not always uh something to say stop to so for example i've got this accu got a bunch of uh of the spikes on it it can squeeze a little bit but relative you're squeezing into spikes so it doesn't feel super great i'll do that on my hands because i'm not going to want to put uh, uneven pressure which is to say if i'm putting uneven pressure as a lot of us like to do where we push through one part of our hand to justify the rest that's going to hurt a lot where i'm pushing all that pressure so this is allowing for me to essentially create some awareness on how much of my tissue is squeezing and i can feel that there's a degree of inside line that doesn't so as i squeeze a little harder it has to go into a little bit of extension to garner that point and it's affecting the rest of how my limb creates the length into my hand hurts way less now i feel more of my pinky side reaching into it and you can see some of the extensors on the side starting to reach up i think pain is a good reference to understand uh You can think about it as loud sensation it's not always pain as much as it is Uh, discomfort oh i don't like how that feels or oh uh, this feels different than i'm used to all of which can be coherently thought through if it's not something that takes you out of yourself or your perception of self then i would say take a breath hold it for a second see if you can tolerate for a second exhale without losing out on that uh i guess relaxed intensity that you have so that's to say we're not exhaling and relaxing our our everything we're not becoming slack we're becoming more engorged around it that reach that allows for us to get bigger there increases a little little bit um the way that i've been using the last couple of days however got a dog hair on that guy It seems like Maya would probably like that too. Uh, Yes and no, depending on where I put it. So if it's too uh, thin of skin, she doesn't like it, but she kind of likes it on her thicker coat because it feels like uh, it doesn't hit her skin as quickly. So I've got one side of my face that's much leaner or at least less inflamed rather. One side that's fatter. And in order for me to get exposure to the structures underneath i'm bringing the skin that they're attached to more uh, blood flow thereby bringing more alertness to the structure as it engorges so that at, at the current state the atrophy they're not getting enough blood there's a degree of slackness here so i'm not super connected right there And I can flex around it, but it's not going to do a whole lot as I'm trying my mewing stuff. But what does help is a kind of intense degree of uh, acu-relief. I'm pushing through my cheek. I'm increasing the intensity when I can feel it evenly coating the cheek so it's not like one side too heavy. And once it finally gets to a point where I can tolerate it, I push up into my cheekbone so that I can feel the muscles that are supporting the jaw, supporting the teeth that I feel that are kind of ingressed into my skull, engorged with the skin. And I can feel pressure increasing around my eye in a kind of safe way. My eye is trying to do that, but it doesn't know how to yet. And the simple nature of all this is tolerate enough blood flow engorgement for a long enough period of time and the area that engorges starts to push into other areas because we're all a structure we're a rubik's cube there's not more space to i can't send this growing thing into a a negative space here there's space that's taken up and that's it so as this expands there's a catch there's like this the relationship with my spine starts to shift as there's more of a relative uh push from this side of my face as there is on this one um that said i think we need to get better at being comfortable experiencing a little bit of this uh how would i describe it um poking it's like,
0: pressure it's like an intense intense sensation and there's just so many points like i have an acupuncture mat that I'll just stand on for a while. And I've done a little bit of work where I'm just laying it on my back with it. And it's it's intense, um, for sure. It's, it is painful, but it's, it's so, you can't dictate or pinpoint the point of pain. It's just a spread out sensation that just the density of it feels like the intensity that the brain has a hard time handling.
1: Do you feel like as you do it for an extended period of time, that is laying it, letting it stay there, and as you adjust to it, uh, you can tolerate more of it? Yeah. It, well, I think it, it naturally occurs where I,
0: like you said, with uh, the hand and even the face, you even out the balance on it. And in doing so, you do relieve some of the more intense spots and then put pressure on others. Um, it definitely does, at least for my feet, tend to get to uh, a breaking point, which is continually being... Uh, after longer and longer and longer. And I'm pretty close to probably being able to spend as long as I wanted to on there without feeling like I needed to come off. Um, But yeah, you do have to kind of like give to it, right? You you can't fight it a ton. You can engorge the area, which kind of helps to a degree, but that almost comes as a byproduct of you accepting the sensation and, and trying not to like run away from it.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, accepting the message, not trying to tell yourself you need the new, you need to relieve your, the message is saying, this is not safe, this is not safe, this is getting bad, this is getting bad. But if you reaffirm to your body, what's really happening, which is I'm uncomfortable, I can handle this, I'm uncomfortable, I can handle this. Uh, It's not going to automatically register, you're going to start handling it, but you may start to make some proactive efforts to handle it. That is to say there are degrees of tension, it's like a micro tension after these uh, micro tears happen, we become more acutely uh, uh, strong between the different pieces of our skin. So it's like a callus, but really, really manageable, unseen version of it where our skin is just tighter, tougher, more bouncy. As that happens, we get the ability to be more pliable on any structure. So you can I can run on asphalt without tearing my feet. I can walk on a lot of surfaces without feeling concerned for my feet. Are we sore?
0: Yeah. Do you this concept could really be applied to almost anywhere in the body? Maybe there's some real sensitive spots where it doesn't make sense to uh smash it into a bunch of spikes, but Otherwise, like, I mean, a common one is the back, but you could do your sides, you could do your front, you could do your arms, you could kind of do everything and experience and benefit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really go about acupunctures or acu mats or whatever these ones think, these things are as the source point. This is just another tool in my whatever. Um, oftentimes, if we don't have a lot of sensation in an area, I'm not going to use this. But if I do have sensation in the area, I will use it so I can further create a robust relationship with sensation there. Um, As to say, the tissue is going to start guarding or bracing with in association with where the sensation is. So it's not going to allow more deepness as opposed to what our nature is usually as we try to pull ourselves taller in the back. And that might give you some access to having yourself settle. Uh, That said... Uh, there's a ton of ways that you can also do that. Uh, if you don't have sensation, I wouldn't go straight acu. I would try to do things that are a little more blunt so that you can trust the release of your muscle. Because otherwise, the, uh, the acu stuff might just hurt your skin. Same as chiropractic, if you're guarding, uh, I wouldn't recommend chiropractic. I'd recommend learning how to stop guarding so much. Yeah. And if there's a nature as to why you're guarding, then that might be a psychological thing or a injury that you don't have. Uh, some, uh, s- some clarity on. At the end of the day, there's remedy outside of what we want to happen and what we think needs to happen. Oftentimes, that's how we grow. We figure out that other part of us that we've not been paying attention to. So in the same way that you've
0: approached, um, kind of pain tolerance and receiving that message, uh, without, um, building yourself up to an intensity or, or just being able to tolerate it, um, like massage balls and more like deep tissue release so that's kind of using more of a blunt object that might be where you go to four areas with less sensation.
1: Sure. Uh, in the same though, a massage ball is super hard. Our muscles are usually overly constricted or tight, and hard and hard doesn't necessarily make soft. Um, you'd be surprised that like a a brush, like a horsehair brush, could be the thing that gives someone access back into their back muscles, like something that once you can perceive the area. And if there's no identifiable injury that you have to guard around that you physically can't move through, then the likelihood is a safe input in the area will help you alleviate tensions that you don't need to guard through anymore. So that said, we don't want to blunt our system with one sensation and hope that that sensation is the thing that registers everywhere. Like the tissue for me is not as strong here as it is up here. So if I'm going to start massage here, I'm not going to use the same instrument. I think the only things I can really use are my hands here. Here, I can use my massage gun. I could go pretty hard on my jaw. Now, the same goes for even the fingers. Like, I have a lot of palm depth or, like, cushion. And that doesn't go for that center point. But for the most part, everything is pretty comfortably soft. And as it gets force through it the only points that don't like it are the points that don't move super well so like this guy doesn't love it but it adjusts pretty well and it's it's making its adjustments Uh, we have to be aware that some parts need to grow and reestablish their health like say for example if i have a hand that uh this is my hand this this one's been in a cast essentially that's why it looks like that uh it hasn't i'm just telling you that it's like a leg in a cast so my effort in reestablishing its health is there's some issues with the tissue i need to make the tissue responsive so that i can start to feel sensation into the area i only notice that sensation is dull here and then very rich here so it feels like it's heavy or congested there maybe not enough length there and there's perhaps Uh, too much lengthier exposure of that joint. So how I look at that is I put force into the point that's dull so that I can reestablish some pliability to that tissue. And that would be something I couldn't do with like an accu-needle because it wouldn't allow for me to stretch against that force. So that's why I like the round curvature of something. You could do it. You could do this against a bar. You could do this against uh, a railing or a wall, anything that allows for you to, be more supple with your hand in a way that allows for your wrist to stiffen so that all the effort to project into that is coming from stiffness of wrist. I'm going on a tangent here. Well, um, not really,
0: because that kind of ties into bringing bring it back to massage balls. It's the same rounded surface, but it's a movable object. It's something that can kind of go with you. And granted, you can like effort it into the ground to try to prevent movement and there can that can work but it is a different feeling when you use like a fixed solid object
1: yeah i mean we're trying to establish relationship uh relative our spine we're not trying to have one side or the other be relieved because any issue on one side is an issue in multiple places you're feeling it it's for sure not something that's localized anymore even if it's something brand new um that said, uh, as we get better at relaxing in one place, like the uh, effect of relaxing my hand will translate to me relaxing my foot in a ton of different ways. Especially in that, in order for me to maintain tensions or the acute aware uh, ability for me to move my hand, this part of my arm has to get more responsive or supportive. Otherwise, I'll lose out on function. So we're creating a relationship of the relaxed. Uh, nervous point is reflexive even though it's something we can think through we're trying to turn it into something that's reflexive as a byproduct of the tissue and the relationship of the lesser conscious limb establishing awareness as opposed to trying to create awareness and then working around that awareness we need to create the awareness as a byproduct of essentially how much of my heart Dilates that part of my arm into my fingers, giving that area a barrel receptive or pressure receptive uh, internal awareness, meaning how big does it feel itself being? And then from how big does it feel itself being, I can understand maybe how much force I can put through it or how far I can reach, whatever it all comes down to. Internal sensation or perception is really what guides our brain. If we give ourselves more to encourage that and that sensation is holistically shared so uh the more i can do this guy and make it holistically shared it probably wouldn't be something i can do outright i might have to do like a squeegee or like against a ball or something or against something i can torque and um i think the myofascial release crowd i keep being hit with all these questions about mfr uh, but uh there's a new one myo uh i don't remember what it's called do you know what it's called the myofunctional no no uh myo detox or something i think it's myofunctional uh regardless there's it does something um the torque patterns like uh, a lot of skin stuff that we do when we get this stuff i i haven't shared it in it's like four steps beyond being able to do the the like understanding the process but it seems like something that most people need to experience outright and that is the skin relates to the muscle relates to the bone the nerves branch and give us the awareness of why i can feel this and feel my muscles beneath it um if we don't have a good relationship with the blood flow to superficial tissue inward that is if we constrict really hard and try to manage the tensions out here we're not giving ourselves that saturation of muscle from the inside expanding or dilating, we're constricting and forming backward on the development. So if we have the ability to create something that allows for us to essentially push against it and grill more full without feeling like we have to tighten into it, then we're going to have a better time of managing the effort of letting go without something else catching. And the issue with a free ball or Uh, a foam roller sometimes is you can find yourself moving in accordance with where the foam roller is grounded less so grounding the object and feeling like you can move yourself around it finding more whatever so um instead of those things i think the first and foremost people need uh, relief of the tissue around the spine when the spine becomes more healthily supported literally when the actual construct of the spine requires less maintenance you're going to find a plethora of things being made easier breath work and a lot of these like the pelvic palate attentions are going to help a lot Uh, sometimes it's really hard for people to get access back to their midline if they have the tensions in their hands and feet so we do stuff that immediately factors into how can we release your homunculus tensions or your stress-borne tensions that have taken you out of reflexive behavior once we've gotten to that point uh, which is sometimes the first starter point. If we don't have enough uh, responsive understanding of what we're doing out the gate, people are just too, but what am I, what am I looking for? When I can, I? we take a step back, we get them to relax those parts. And they're like, okay, I, I got some more clarity. Let's take it a little slower. Uh, take the plyo balls, take a towel, take a structure that you can feel a little bit of sponge to in the same way that you want a little bit of give between the skin and the bone that is, you want for the sponge between your body and the bone to feel like it can do this. So the bone can expand against it, but it also can, uh, the muscle can essentially be uh, pliable around the bone, which is less pliable. Um Once we're in those positions or essentially creating the effort to while we're on our back, creating an arch out of the back, the back being a foot or that you're a grounded orientation of what one foot would be like on the ground, your one spinal foot, so to speak. There is a way in which to ground yourself on the back that allows you full access to extension without feeling like you're reaching off the ground and uh, compromising your breath. It takes a lot of effort, it takes development, the same way that we have to develop these kinds of things. So that being said, I think for most people, uh, you wanna develop any muscle group, whatever it be on your body, you have to attend to the arches relative to the environment. So you wanna develop muscles on your your torso, I would suggest you look at your back and see how the arch of that foot uh, associates to the ground. And that's not always observable because sometimes the skin or the fat or whatever might obscure the muscle. Might obscure where it is. Uh, you can leverage weight. Some pi- people might be developed. It comes compensate. Comp compensi- uh, com- com- compensatorily Thank you. Goodness gracious, dude, that was so upsetting. Um, some of you, some of you might be uh, fixed into a position that has the muscle making the compensation for where your rib cage might be going. So there's a degree of like prolapse as we've described before, where the muscle might be watery or always tense. And there's that tension is how we have configured a bunch of different tensions in our body to make sense. If we can subdue muscle from being hard, but it can still retain volume, that's to suggest it's quality muscle and it's quality tissue over time as you prescribe to the weight against the arch of the, the the back into the ground and if you don't know how to do it there's more answers in other videos and stuff uh the idea is um forming over time the ability to pull yourself into the ground or suction yourself into the ground and it gets complicated thinking how do i suction myself not that although kind of uh the body has the ability to articulate a bunch of arches in a more buoyant and way. They form in a global, enriching way, largely around the diaphragm or our breathing mechanics. The center point of that arch would be our diaphragm on our backside. Most of us, as a byproduct of not having awareness in our backside, bring our diaphragm forward the same way we bring our tailbone forward, same way we bring the back of our skull or chin forward into our or away from our airway. Um, we try to bring ourselves forward instead of being able to deliver from a strong backbone. Uh, building out the arches, building out that back arch, that one singular arch into the ground is tremendously valuable. Uh, it will delineate coordination to most of the other arches almost immediately. I feel like I'm this the secret to athleticism guy, but I'm like uh giving away the secret
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're just not just talking vaguely about arches and that you need more of them yeah there's a little more to it um and yeah you won't really learn how to manage the entirety of the arch if you are just dealing with like one or two hard balls in a particular spot and just focusing on pressure into that particular spot. Um, cause that's, that's like how I used to massage my back and granted it felt relieving at the time, but it was something that I would continuously have to do to maintain that relief is just put the ball, like those, like uh, peanut balls on either side of the spine, yeah. kind of yeah. smash into it and flex, and you can ro- roll up and down your spine. It would feel relatively good even behind the head. Um, but you're only focused ever on the one juncture there and like kind of trying to bend yourself around it like there's a bunch of arches in the spine versus that like connected um singular arch and i very rarely find myself reaching to a massage tool these days like where it used to be a necessity to feel comfort to feel like there is enough relax in my body to fall asleep i would have to do a bunch of work before i went to bed Uh, now i can just roll into bed and pass out within like 15 minutes pretty regularly um and it, it it still feels good to do every once in a while. And if I'm like um exploring something or just like showing somebody how they can at least get some relief in the short term without telling them all the intricacies of how they need to like really, really. good breath work, there there's value there. Um and yeah. it will bring some awareness, as you said, but uh it it just is used really like religiously by people continuously, like they they think they're getting continued value out of it, but I would argue that they're spinning their wheels with it.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest contingency on that for me, when I was thinking about why I don't do that, why what what's going to be valuable for self massage? How am I going to most uh, out of anything I can do? What's going to provide me the most value? And if we use for reference our hands it's oftentimes really hard for us to understand what it feels like and what we're perceiving beneath our hands because we're so hand oriented. We don't know what am I, am I achieving the sensation I want to, or am I just fatiguing the hand that's using it? And that brought me into the awareness that a lot of the ways I was gripping or reaching was fundamentally making it difficult for me to retain effort through my hand because it was sacrificing nervous uh, support through points or i was like i would either conform to a uncomfortable hand position no longer ergonomic or i would sacrifice uh input because i was too unable to create the uh the force that i needed to from deeper into my limb from that like it's hard to leverage into yourself right so in time it took that because we're really connected I, and david weck does a lot of stuff that's pretty cool to this degree where he shows some of these relationships. I'm like, Oh, this guy gets it. The thing that I think one of our more underrelated values is the twist of these guys comes largely from the clavicle on most of us, because we're not twisting through the fullness of things. We're twisting from, uh, the thumbs we're twisting from these guys. So it's like, we're coming forward along these tensions but we're not pushing backward off the correlative tensions deeper into our uh, ribs around our shoulder blades. So (laughs) there are leverages that we get. As soon as we can start to articulate properly from the length of our nerve branches, we start to lever off the tissue being at that length too. So I'm no longer stuck uh, fixated to how my hand rolls. Like most of us, Actually, that showed it a little bit. How do I do that again? I don't know how to do that again. Regardless. Um, Soft skin, soft skin. The skin that doesn't see the sun. You can treat it like it's the stuff that blocks you when you come overhead or hugs you when you're under your shoulders. And as we get better at being able to articulate those things in unison, we get better at being able to articulate the ribs correspondently. The issue most of us have is we try to rotate at this juncture, at the foot and the ankle. And then once we're putting tension there, oh, it's skewing tension backward into us, but it's not creating the pull or the force, the torque, that would make sense for us to keep reaching with this arm. It's just stuck, it's a lever. We need to create the established tension into the body so that whatever we do with our arms is a byproduct of how our rib cage responds or gives us that motion. And as we get better at being able to deliver more and more of the relax here to provide the torque and effort, oh, that's a tender point that I'm going to have to beat up. Um, and we start to see tone form out. Like right now, I'm not flexing as, as much as I am taking position. So with that said, I'm not trying to create the twist, uh, muscling it, that is. I'm going to lift my tricep, and then I'm going to try to face my forearm that way. And the more that I can face all that soft skin forward, especially at the elbow, the more that I'm going to find that my rib cage starts to push it too. I just got a cavitation. That's what you heard. (laughs) And then now I can maintain much more volume in my reach, and it doesn't get sacrificed as much as it would have if I was trying to do it from that point. So now I have much more available reach. Literally, the height of my head. Right, this goes to I can go all the way up here, and if I'm getting full height out of my humerus, I'm just blocking my head. It's it's highly defensive, respective of like ergonomics of your whatever, which is a lot of what like Weck was showing, but if you're not getting it out of the length of the humerus and you're cheating your rib cage, you're never getting the full length out of your arms. That would give you more rib cage. It's like fundamentally fighting your own growth. So you're like, oh, I'm gonna get bigger. you're not, you are no. just going to create hemorrhoids.
0: But yeah, I, I, that's what I really like about um, a lot of the skin tractions we have is that it is an effort into yourself. Um, I'd like that we've got lots of positions that we've gone through, and there's going to be more um, more follow along tutorials and stuff that we'll put out uh, surrounding that. But it is you know being able to create a, or exert a significant amount of pressure on yourself, but taking into account the um, the structure and the pliability of both surfaces. So you don't want to necessarily like just flex and like there's a a really poor way to put pressure into yourself where you're compromising certain joints, and then there's a way to create the fullness and almost feel like it's a it's a loop like if I put pressure into here I can kind of think about the space between and how I'm essentially coiling and uncoiling around it but again it's it's not a coil where there's all this motion to it it's more so the space
1: collectively shrinking it's collectively shrinking so it's not like it's me bringing this tighter and bringing it in to get it to it's the collective effort. Uh, The one thing that I think a lot of people can benefit from is if they can deliver in extension of their wrists, so they put both hands like this, and they just stretch their wrists against each other, learning how to push through their elbows, they're going to start to feel a tenderness or effort from their triceps. That degree of activity, especially if you get more of this side, you don't want to feel it reaching over, you want to feel like as much as you can. So it's not like it's uh mostly put down there. It's getting both sides length. And when we're like that, we have the ability to push from the elbows. And as my elbows start to push, I feel my biceps fire up. I feel my ribs fire up and get a little more volume out of them. And I can stand up off that, but you can find that the leverage off yourself garners you more intrinsic tension or leverage inside uh it's torque it's like chi torque when they're talking about generating force um i think i just have a we're doing it different because it makes more sense for um i guess the training environment that we're in totally yeah i like that you
0: can as reference points for that you just think about the two butt cheeks and you Flip it so that you have pinky side butt cheek on the other thumb and whatnot, and then you kind of feel like the uh the relative size difference, right? Because everyone's thumb butt cheek is way bigger than the other, and then you can kind of try to match that
1: totally. Like this is a butt that's a little more like uh like soggy, and this one's a little more firm, so you might see this granny panty butt, right? Yeah. Granny panty butt, and that's like a I mean, they're definitely uneven and they're not going to be even. But if you were to say like, that's, that's what an even one looks like. Uh, like uh, leggings, like nice firm. We want to, <laughs> we want to find a good transition. And as that creates more push through from here, you feel most of us are a little bit under supported tissue wise here. It's a little gummy. It's a little gross. This is going to start to feel like it pushes into the elbow at which point we're going to we're going to create more uh supination on this side which is going to require more tricep inclusion it's gradually going to recruit more and more if you're maintaining that good contact and not trying to rotate in the place of i have a contact now i just need to grow totally Okay, sweet. So we we touched on shoes, we talked on
0: acupuncture mats and stuff, as well as massage balls and MFR. Got some, uh, a bit of an exercise tutorial in there too. So I think that's plenty. Um, So yeah, we'll continue this series. I've got a bunch more like, again, external tools or things that people utilize and we talk about, uh, yeah, different ways to think about them or potential pitfalls with them as we go. So if anybody has any suggestions, things that they'd like us to touch on, uh, hit us up.